What's up, business gal pals? Welcome back to another week of Be Myself Now in Business, the podcast. I just wanted to remind you before we get started that I've released a great new video series called Three Secrets to Starting a Successful Business. Whether you're thinking about starting a business or you've started a business in the last couple of years and you're looking to take your ability as a decision-making business owner to the next level, you're gonna wanna check this out. I talk about where to spend your money, what to do for sustainable growth and how to guarantee results. You can get access to the three-part video series by going to the show notes or visiting bemyselfnow.com slash three dash business dash secrets. Now let's dive into the episode. Welcome back, Business Gal Pals. This week we're talking to Anne Hill of Hilltop Operations and Consulting. Anne helps business owners create agencies that allow them to thrive in their zone of genius. After working with her, business owners are able to efficiently streamline their business, which saves them time, money, and frustration. Anne is able to take big goals that seem overwhelming and break them down into achievable steps. So important. Welcome, Anne. Thanks for being with us this week. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. I am so excited to talk to you because I know that one way that people can stay in their zone of genius is to hire a team, but often with a younger business, that's not possible right away financially. (laughs) And then once it does become possible, it's this question of who do I hire? How does this work? When do I even know this is really something that I need? So I'm really excited to chat about that with you today. I am excited too. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So why don't you start off by telling us the origin of Hilltop Operations and Consulting? Yes. So I started my business about three years ago now, and I started off in what I classify as just a general VA space. Prior to this, I was a physical therapist and a rehab manager in um, a skilled nursing facility for, oh heck, it's probably, it was probably about 12 years that I did that. And I really enjoyed it, but as unfortunately happens in the the healthcare industry, sometimes here in the U.S., even pre-COVID, Um, There was a little bit of burnout with it. And I just was looking for something new. I had two younger kids at home and was wanting to just have a little more ownership of my time and my schedule and not be stuck at that nine to five type job that ended up in reality being a little bit more of like an eight to six, eight to seven sometimes. Um, And so I just wanted to, like I said, own my time a little bit more. So I found um, a program online that was a VA program and started off with that. And really just, it was eye-opening to me as to what was in the online space. This was in 2018, 2019. And I, I did not realize what was there and it's only grown since then. But, um, but even at that, I, I was shocked at what people, (laughs) what people would pay people for. Um, so it was interesting to see just what sort of help was needed and what tools and what technology was there that allowed people to do it in a, a remote setting. And again, like I had said, that's only grown since then. But I started off in a general VA space, learned a little bit in a lot of different areas of business and found myself continuously going back to that operations mentality and that operations role though with the businesses. 
So I would be asking about setting up their systems. I would be asking about their processes. I would be asking them a little bit about what their workflow was. I'd be trying to dive a little bit further into, okay, what is our ultimate goal out of our, these you know projects that we're doing and where are we trying to get to? And it wasn't always what the business owner was expecting a VA to be asking them. So sometimes they, they were like, I don't know how much I want to share with you on this. <laughs> so, but like I said, I got a lot of exposure out of that, which was great. And I found that my passion really lied in, in that opportunity space. It lied in helping streamline processes for businesses and helping them be more efficient, which in reality was what I did even as a rehab manager, helping our department be efficient and help the business grow. Even though we were working with people, we were still, it was still a business. So it was still, you know, taking that foundational business structure and applying it into into businesses that I was now working with online. What was that wake up moment that made you realize that it was a good move for you to kind of lean into that operation stuff? Because that is kind of above and beyond what a VA might do. I think sometimes people expect that of their VAs, not realizing that it is above and beyond. (laughs) But what was that aha moment for you? Well, I had, it was a few times that I was networking with people and I would say, you know, these are the things that I do and this is what I enjoy. And And um, this is how I've helped businesses that I've worked with. And after a few different times of talking with other people when I was networking and then being like, that's not what VAs do for us, or that's not how this works. When, when I talk with my VA, it made me realize that it was something a little bit more unique and it wasn't necessarily just that quote unquote VA title. But then I also saw similar to what you're saying that there's sometimes business owners do expect VAs to do that. I would see these posts in Facebook groups where people would be like, I need to find a unicorn VA. And I'm like, no, you don't you don't need a V like you might need a VA and somebody else, but you're not looking for one person to fit all of this criteria. Then I started to get passionate about, that was a whole other soapbox with that, but it'd be like, no, what you actually need is you need multi layers of support here. And just a VA quote unquote, just a VA isn't going to necessarily solve all of your problems. You need somebody that has some of that foresight, somebody that's going to have a little bit more of that, like let's strategize, let's manage here and let's see what we need at not only now, but moving into the future. And then you also do need somebody that's going to have some of that implementation layer there too. Whether that is somebody, which I currently classify as like an operations coordinator that kind of does a hybrid role of the two, or whether that is a VA that you really are focusing on more of the implementation side of it. I mean, that's up to each business to decide exactly what is needed for them. But that quote unquote unicorn VA, those posts that I see drive me crazy (laughs) because I don't think it is just truly this unicorn VA. I think they need a few multi-layers of support there. That's a great way to put it, the multi-layers of support. And yeah, I think sometimes when you make that discovery as someone who's providing those services, then there's this sort of re-education of the market where you have to say, wait a minute, a $15 an hour VA is not going to be able to take that vision and stretch it out into strategy and create full calendars and implement everything, you know, without working like a bajillion hours a week. Right. Exactly. And do this in five hours a week, please. Like that's not going to (laughs) happen. That's great. I love that you were able to see that need in the market and see that unique ability that you have yourself to look at that vision and map it out in a way that is understandable. And like you said, break it down into bite-sized achievable chunks so that the business owner themselves doesn't feel so overwhelmed with this, you know, big idea that they want to bring into the world. Yeah. And I find that it's a lot of fun working with people that have that visionary thought process because 
I, I don't like I've, I've done strategy sessions with people where we bounced back and forth, where they had that vision. And then I'm structurally thinking, okay, so in order for you to have the business at this point, that's, you know, this, whether it's a, you know, $500,000 business, top line revenue, a hundred thousand dollar business, a million dollar business, whatever that top line revenue is. Okay. So structurally, these are the the people that you're going to need in place. And I'm working through the operation side in my head as we're having the conversation and they are doing the big dream vision. And it's, it's a lot of fun to come together and collaborate on those things. Yeah. And they really are two different roles. You know, I think there's a great book about that called rocket fuel, where they talk about the visionary versus the integrator and how it's just a different thought process. It's not like any one person should be able to do them both. I think we often get down on ourselves like, oh, I'm just wishy-washy and I have these big ideas, but I don't know how to put it together. And that means I'm not right to do it or vice versa, where you're like, I can help people and I can see the steps, but I don't have that bigger vision. Something must be wrong with me. When in reality, it's just part of who you are and to just embrace that is a beautiful thing. So I love that you can get revved up in the excitement (laughs) of bringing that to one of those visionaries and seeing the magic of like piecing it all together. That's super important. Yeah. And it, it, it has been a, a definite growing experiment experience, not experiment, but experience with me personally, um, just in seeing like exactly what you're saying, there's nothing wrong with me, not necessarily jumping straight to that vision side of it. It takes me time to really build up to even in my own business where I wanted to grow and how I wanted to see it. And, and even still, as I'm evolving where I want it going, um, it definitely takes time. And then I'll talk with these people that are, are definitely more of those visionaries where two weeks ago they had an idea and they're already, you know, six months into the plan. And I'm like, hold on, we need to structure this a little bit more first. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's like, it's the person that you would hire, right? You don't yeah. need to hire someone for the operations end, but someone to help you flesh out that visionary piece. We all have someone we need to hire, multiple someone's yes, <laughs> we need yes. to hire in our business. So how do you know when it's time, when it's time to hire someone in your business, when it's time to get some help? you know, when you're a young business, you kind of start off by doing everything yourself. I know a lot of women start out that way just because revenue kind of demands it. Um, But then what's that moment where we have to say, okay, it's time to reach out and get some help with different things. I wish that I could give a specific number or a specific revenue or something like that, that would always be just the right fit for that. Fortunately though, I see it as a a perk that it really is individualized with each person and each business as to when that right time is. When you are looking at what your business is and what the values of your business are and where your boundaries are in your business. And as a person where you want to be spending your time, it's figuring those things out and then looking at, okay, do I have the ability to make more revenue and bring on more people? Do I have the ability to make more revenue and keep doing everything myself? Or do I, what basically what's my next move here is kind of what you're looking at. Or do we just stay where I'm at and just, you know, continue to grow at the pace that I'm growing here. It's looking at that and then really figuring out profit margins. At some point that does come into play the profit margins, because it doesn't make sense to bring on a team member and always be basically putting all of your money towards that team member instead of you taking in any revenue. 
So at some point you do have to look at those profit margins, but the key to figuring out the right time to hire is in reality, a little bit earlier than you actually think you should be doing it. (laughs) We always put it off as long as possible, but we probably should have made that first hire like a few months earlier, but it's because it's there. It's that fear factor. It's that mindset that you have to get over of hiring Mm. somebody, bringing someone into your business and seeing that they can do things probably just as good as you. Maybe better, depending on what their skill set is and their background in it. And also because they're focusing on it in a more full capacity versus it being just an item on your checklist. Um, A lot of times they can do it better than you when you truly relinquish that control. So there is that side of it of when you're hiring somebody. When I am looking at numbers in a business though, I mean, in general terms, at least when I'm, I have an agency myself. So like I have team members and then I also have a VA that supports my business a little bit more, but like with my team members, I typically want to be sitting at about a 30% profit margin of like them getting about 30% of, of where that profit margin is that sometimes makes sense for businesses. Sometimes it doesn't. And, and there's things that go into is if there's a lot of overhead cost with a business or if there's not overhead cost there. So there's a lot of different elements and factors. I wish I could truly say like, this is the number when you hit this revenue and when you hit this profit margin, then it's time to hire someone. But in reality, it's more, okay, let's hire somebody. And then within say about three months of hiring somebody, I need to have at least been able to cover their salary and then some to make sure that it made sense for me to hire that person. And when I say hire, most of the time, at least in the online businesses that I'm working with and in, they're hiring contractors, 1099 positions. They're not hiring full-time people. That's typically where they're starting off is in in more of that contractor role. Yeah, definitely. I think that's absolutely true. And like you're saying, in terms of the revenue top line and that bottom line profit margin, you know, that changes yeah. wildly when you go from contractor to a full-time employee. Yeah. And it can be great to have full-time employees in your business eventually, but you definitely need a little bit of a bigger business to cover all the costs that are associated with that. When at first, I think in the younger business age, it's just a matter of getting those contractors who can you know, plug the holes of your genius, right? So you can stay in what you're good at and then get some people to help you out with those other pieces. And I also think it's, it's critical to have a feeling yourself in your business of what can I afford to spend and what can I not afford to spend versus just saying, okay, I need a VA. What are, what do you charge? Like I've gone, the first time I ever hired, I did make the mistake of basically going through and and saying, okay, I need VA. I need a VA. I need this done. I need this done. How much does it cost? What what are your fees? Whether that was an hourly rate or whether it was a, a monthly retainer, either way, it still is the same thing where I went into it of like, okay, well, how much are your fees? which at some point, yes, that conversation has to be had with that person and potential applicant. But but I didn't have a good feeling on my first hire. I did not have a good feeling of what I actually could afford. Um, it wasn't until my second hire that I was like, okay, now hold on a second here. Tell me what your rates are, but then I'm going to tell you what, what I can actually afford. Like, this is where I'm at. And do you want this or not type thing was with my second hire, which went a lot better because then I truly knew what my numbers were in my business. And I was able to, to have a better understanding of, of where I could be a successful business owner versus paying out everything I was bringing in. Cause that doesn't make sense. Absolutely. I think that's absolutely true. And I like to recommend to businesses that they check out the profit first system, you know, it has that oh, nice definitely. tidy number of 35% yes. for operations So, you know, that includes the cost of your website and your membership portal, whatever else you're using, but also 
your people. So what would your revenue line need to be in order to fund your business in a way that does allow for whatever a VA might cost? That's a way to sort of reverse engineer that number for yourself. Yeah. And I definitely am a huge fan of Michael McCallowitz and um, really all that he does. So <laughs> all of his different books that he's had out there, but yes, Profit First is, is a huge one too. So. Yeah. It changed my business. I mean, to be able <laughs> to say like, this is going to be what goes into my pocket. And then this is what's left over for X, Y, and Z, you know, gal pals, check out his book, Profit First. There's even some great videos on it on YouTube. If you don't have time mm-hmm. to read the whole book. That kind of breaks down those different percentages of where your revenue actually can go to keep you successful. Because if you're not above water as a business and you're not putting money in your own pocket, you get burnt out really, really fast. Yeah. And then you'll just quit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's how I think most businesses go under is they end up just so burnt out financially and energetically and they quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is, it is key there it's, you know, it's something you hear all the time is know your numbers, know your numbers. And there's a reason that people say that though. And it is something that you have to be mindful and aware of, you know, monthly where you sit, even not sometimes even weekly where you sit, but, um, but there is a need for that overall understanding of where, where can you spend money to make money? And where does that not make sense at all? Um, And having that good balance and awareness of what those numbers are telling you. Yeah. When you started to do that in your own business, did you find that there was mindset work you had to do? Oh my gosh. Yes. Judgment and seeing those numbers. Always mindset work that needs to be done. (laughs) (laughs) So you never get over that hurdle. I was hoping at some point I would get over that hurdle, but no, even as I've talked with clients I work with, I just find that they have some of the same foundational mindset issues just at a new layer, like a new Mm. level of it. But there's just, there's mindset that goes with every aspect of the business. (laughs) So yes. (laughs) So what should that first hire look like when we're a young business and we're kind of this budding business, we're growing a little bit and We take the leap. Let's say, you know, we don't wait until so painful that we are able to have that foresight months in advance, which, you know, maybe we don't, but let's say we do, then what does it look like to make that first hire? How does that go? So the first hire to come into a business, at least what I typically will recommend for people is to start off with, with that VA level of, of implementer support. Um, somebody that's going to help in your business, in the back end of your business with just those things that need to be done. Those follow-up, um, sometimes it's follow-up emails, sometimes it's data entry, sometimes it's calendar management, sometimes it's just making sure that like the Zoom recording ne- that needed to go out to a certain client got sent to that client. Um, but it's it's the little things that on the back end of the business need to happen, but don't specifically need to be you as the business owner doing it. Um, so sometimes it's even just having, if depending on the business, there could be like a customer support email account or something like that, where, um, you have the ability to have somebody start to problem solve and troubleshoot some of the very common messages that come through. You can have some templates that still get customized, but some templates that give them some bullet points of these are the ways that we answer these questions. Um, so that, you know, if it's a program of some sort that you're selling, that they would have some of those answers, some of those like, oh, you're having issues getting access to the backend portal. Let me just refresh this or let me just change your password here and give you access. Those are things that as a consumer is going to be huge to have the quick response on. But as the business owner, 
shouldn't be priority number one for you to do. It should be where you can have somebody on your team do that. Some of those things though, that are just that the back end things in, in your business that need to be done. It might be a, a general VA. It might be a VA that is specialized in a certain area of business, be it email marketing or be it social media or something like that. But that's usually what I recommend is that first hire to bring on because it can just relieve some of that initial like never ending to-do list that you find that you have at the end of the day, because that can lead to the burnout that we were talking about a little bit too. Just you have this to-do list that looks like it just keeps growing and it's not getting shorter and everything that you're doing to grow your business isn't helping that get any shorter for you. <laughs> so, um, so just getting somebody in that can help with, with some of that stuff, I think is, is critical. A good way for business owners to figure out what those things should be is I like to do a time study. I call it a time study. It's not a fancy name by any means, but it's basically looking at how you're spending your time every potentially over a three to five day period, do like a um, half hour increments of where is your time going? Right here, I'm working in my business. I'm working on, um, it could be something operations related. It could be, here's where I invoiced my three clients. Here's where I followed up on these emails. Here's where I, and you can have different categories for it. Um, and look at those and see what, what of this list here truly needs to be me right now. And what of this list here could I potentially have somebody help me out with? Um, once you have an idea of what you could potentially help somebody out with, then it makes it a lot easier to say, oh, this I can all group in marketing or this I can all group in admin support or in that sort of a thing and say, this is the type of person that I need. Somebody that loves doing data entry, somebody that loves doing looking at numbers and does bookkeeping type stuff and wants to send out my invoices. And, you know, you can start to narrow down the type of, of person that they, you want to bring in and the, the sort of skills that they need to have. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense that you can take a look at where your own time is going and then say, this is the type of support that I need more specifically so that you do get the right person. And you're not just sort of looking for that blanket unicorn VA who can do it all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And do you recommend going the ghost VA route where you have your VA responding to emails as you, or do you recommend introducing that VA to your clientele, to your market so that they can interact as themselves in support of you? I think a lot of that depends on what you're having them do. Um, if, if they're doing, if they're taking on sales roles and they're taking on some of that kind of lead generation conversation and that sort of stuff. I think that it is important that they are presented as themselves as part of your team. But, you know, if it's a customer support email that has a very templated response that, you know, you're sending out to things, then, then I don't think it's necessarily as big of a deal if it is you specifically or as, them acting as you as the ghost VA or whether it is... Um, whether it's you answering or, or them answering as them type thing. I would say that it really depends on, how's that for an answer? It depends. Um, yeah. <laughs> that it really depends on exactly what it is that they're doing for if it makes more sense and if it will have an impact, a, a potentially a detrimental impact if they are acting as you or if they're acting as themselves as part of your team. Definitely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that it depends, you know, answer is applicable to a lot of business. Yeah. <laughs> you have to just look at like, what are the parameters there and then make the best decision. One thing that, um, that comes up time and time again, I think that, that a lot of business owners don't necessarily pay as much attention to is that in, um, especially where I mentioned like the sales and marketing side, the, the different 
I think of social media specifically, but I know that there's, you know, there's terms and conditions to, to every platform that we have out there um, that we use in the online space, but looking at the terms and conditions and truly seeing like what is against their rules and what is okay in their rules and in their eyes, because there are distinct, even if people are doing things a certain way, it doesn't mean that that's how it should be done based on mm. the terms and conditions of various platforms. I'll just Could you that. give an example Blanket of that, kind of flesh <laughs> that out a little bit? <laughs> um, so for instance, I, and now I have not read this myself, but it, I did recently hear, and I was actually going to look into it because of this, but I haven't looked into it myself yet, but I did hear somebody mentioning that Facebook, for instance, if somebody is acting as someone else that is against their terms and conditions, like if I have somebody responding and having communication as, as me on my platform, that that is against their rule, their terms and conditions, their rules for Facebook. Um, I have not read Facebook rules and conditions, to be honest with you myself yet to look into it, but that's something. And I think I've heard the same thing about LinkedIn too. I would imagine that all social media platforms probably have similar, similar rules would be my assumption. But again, like I said, I haven't specifically read them myself yet I because haven't I haven't needed too. to yet so <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it depends too if they're functioning as a business account or as a personal account I know it's definitely a huge yeah. no from any personal account but you know your your Facebook business page you can set up admins right you can then function well, as the page and respond in that exactly sense. yeah so and so and yeah. again so there's always gonna it be depends those. Those fine, those fine lines. It's the fine, what is it? The the small, what is it called? I'm just the fine making, print. Fine print. There we go. It's the fine print with it. And it's just making sure that as you're doing things in your business, that, that you're following, following the rules with it, you know, do it the yeah, way that, that it's supposed sense. to be done and then you're fine. So outsource in the way that follows those rules. Definitely. Yeah, basically. And, and do it in, I think, that comes back to what you're saying though, is like, do you want somebody to act as a ghost person or do you want them to truly be like, if I'm going to be networking and connecting with someone, which ultimately is the intent and the purpose of your social media in that example, then it would be beneficial for me when I'm on a call with someone to know what conversations I've had. <laughs> so, so that's where it is helpful if I am actually the one communicating with them versus somebody else doing it on behalf of me. Definitely. Well, I can imagine as a consumer too, that it would be disappointing to think that they were engaging with you, let's say, and they're like, I'm talking to Anne and she's talking to me about, you know, operations in my business. And then to get on a call with you and realize, oh no, that was her team member. Right. And doesn't match up. Right. Yeah. So it just yeah. feels kind of icky to be like, oh, I thought I was talking to this person when really I wasn't, but to, you know, but to know, like, this is so-and-so Anne's team member. I'd be happy yeah. to answer some questions for you before your call with Anne. And then you're like, okay. And you don't have that same disappointment experience, I think. Yeah. But a lot of those things come in the sales and marketing side. And I try to stay out of the sales and marketing side as much <laughs> as possible. I try to stay on the operation side with the clients I work with. So <laughs> Definitely. I let the other specialists focus on those things. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's an outsourced thing and, <laughs> and it can be honestly outsourced. It really can. Absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so when we outsource things, you mentioned something a little bit ago about being able to let go of that control. So mm -hmm. how do we let go of doing it all and of 
avoid micromanaging these people that we bring into our team. So there is mindset work that goes into that. Um, (laughs) And there also is one of the big things that I like to focus on with clients that I work with is, is looking at, okay, we are, we want to delegate a task. We want to delegate invoicing. How can we delegate invoicing and not micromanage every single step of it along the way? How can we focus on what is the outcome that we want to get from invoicing our clients? Um, we want to make sure that clients are, that our bills are paid on time and that we have cash flow in our business. And like, what is the ultimate goal of why we're delegating? And that's what I want to focus on as the business owner of making sure that the goal of what I'm, why I'm delegating, that that part is done. If I'm meeting the needs there, then yes, there are some other steps along the way, but that's what I want to focus on is more of the outcome than the specific step-by-step-by-step process that goes with the delegation. Now, I still want to provide the framework for people so that they know typically we do step one, step two, step three, step four, but I don't want it to be so specifically micromanaged that they don't have the liberty and luxury of seeing that maybe some way that I did it was more time consuming and they can do it in a better way. I want them to still have that luxury of being able to make those decisions and check in with me on things, but still I want them to have some of that like almost decision-making capability to say, you know what? I realized that we can actually send these three or we can set this recurring task or we can do X, Y, and Z and make this a lot easier for all of us. Is it okay if we do that? Yeah, sounds great. Let's make this a more efficient process for everybody and not specifically do step one, like I said, step two, like I said, step three, like I said, step four, like I said. That's ultimately like a roundabout way of, I want somebody to have some decision-making capability when I delegate to them. I also want myself to be looking at what is my ultimate goal and the outcome that I expect this person to get. And how do you feel like you can trust that person. So when they come to you and they say, Hey, our standard operating procedure has been this, but I see where this could be beneficial. How do you keep that from getting back into the micromanaging piece where you're then wanting to like take apart their operating procedure and, and just trust them and say, okay, you're the invoicing expert. And you've said you can do it in 10 minutes instead of 25. So go for it. What does that look like for you or for your clients? It usually is a matter of me saying, oh, okay, that's awesome. Like, can you walk me through this sometime so I can see what it looks like? And I'll have them just, just because even, even though I'm delegating out a task, me as the business owner, like I still want to know what's being done. I want to know how they're doing it. I don't want to know the intricate detail to where I have to learn the platform to the extent that they know and don't want to know how to troubleshoot things if it doesn't happen the way that I, I think it should. But like that general understanding of, okay, let's sit on a 10 minute zoom call and walk me through what you were thinking. I, I still will have that conversation with them of sweet. Can you show that to me sometime or send me a loom video or something like that, that I can watch and then be like, awesome. That sounds great. Let's give it a shot and give it a try with them. Have them try it. There's very few things in business. Can you not recover from what I've noticed so far? If they do at one time and it gets screwed up, especially like with invoicing or something, it's not the end of the world. If as long, as long as you can fix it. It's not the end of the world. Obviously be transparent with clients, but like even with invoicing, if I send an invoice to somebody three times and then I'm like, shoot, sorry, our system, we were trying to do this with the system and it didn't work. Let me fix that and and make the correction there. But 
at least the rapport that I've had with the clients that I've worked with thus far, and even my clients' clients, when we've done things, you know, we're transparent with them. We'll say, Hey, we're trying this new thing. Do you mind being the guinea pig for this? Or do you mind if we like, just so you know, if this happens, we'll fix it, but this is what's going on. We want to grow. We want to streamline. We want to be efficient in our business myself, but then I also want my clients to be doing the same thing in their business too. So far we've had great people that have been open and willing to, to run with it. But, you know, we usually have a couple of people that like are our guinea pigs that we say, Hey, this is, we're going to try this out on your account. Do you mind if we do that? Cause this is something new that we want to do with everybody, but we're going to try this on you first before like 50 people have this new process thrown into them. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah. have you ever run into a real micromanaging client and like, how can they let go of that? Because I think it is, you know, a control and trust issue is what it boils down to in my understanding. And so how can they grow beyond that to allow these team members to own their role? Like you were saying, there comes a point in time when I have had to step back and say, I am not the right fit at this point in time with clients that I've worked with because they need to work through in all honesty, what it is, is it's that foundational mindset piece. They need to work through the mindset before we can get, or at least be willing to grow with the mindset before I can jump in and help them build their team more. Um, But if they're not willing to let go and let others start to make some of those decisions, they're going to, they're always going to get stuck at a certain threshold. They're always going to be bottlenecked. They're always going to be at a certain point um, in their business where they're not going to be able to move over that hurdle until they focus on the mindset. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good point. It's, it's that basic mindset thing. I I can imagine like all those other mindset, you know, issues that come up, you hire your first VA and you kind of overcome this little micromanagement hurdle and then you grow bigger and then you want to hire more of a team. And then you have to, you know, face that beast again and let go of more and more and more as your team expands and you start to do less in your business so that you're just focusing on actual servicing of clients. Yeah. And I think there's a few pieces that are critical in the mindset side of, of outsourcing and delegating. And one is that, that people truly, there are good people out there. (laughs) There are people that truly do have um, the best interest of you and your business at heart and are not trying to, you know, everybody just goes to the negative right off the bat. Like, oh my gosh, what if I teach somebody all of these skills and then they go take it and do something else with it? Well, that could happen. I'm, I'm not going to say it would never happen. It could happen, but there are ways to try to make sure that you're hiring the right people, that the odds of that happening are significantly less. Now there's ways that you can put things in contracts that can try to deter some of that too, but it ultimately comes down to the people that you're bringing onto your team are you being open and transparent with them about the vision of where you want your company to go? Are you, are you talking to them about the culture that you want your business to have and and your team to have? And if, are they on the same page as you with that? (laughs) Are they the type of people that you, you want to be with working with in your business long-term or not? And, and so, you know, talk with your team about those sort of things, have their buy-in on the vision of where you're moving with your business. And the odds are that you're going to be finding the right people that do want to be with you long-term and aren't going to try to screw you over as a business owner. Yeah. I think being honest with those people about where you're headed and allowing also space for their growth as you Mm -hmm. grow as well is really important, you know, not as you teach them more things and they're able to take on more in their role and 
perform better, not necessarily keeping them in that tight little box of, well, this is what I hired you to do. And this is what I agreed to pay you and having space for that to grow. Obviously it takes time. They have to prove that they're worth it as well. They have to go through their own growth experience for you to see that and offer that. And ideally, if your people are growing and performing better, your business is also growing. Exactly. So it is worth it, I think, to address, you know, how you might reward that, so to speak, in terms of that value exchange. Well, and even with, I think back on, you know, corporate days of where you have your, your annual performance reviews and you have like the very, the, the various HR structures that come with, you know, bringing on employees and bringing on team members and that sort of stuff. Even when it's not specifically an employee, even if it's a contractor, I think it's still very valid to have those conversations of what are your goals? Where do you see yourself being in the next six months, in the next year? Um, Having those conversations of, do you even like what I'm having you do? Like it, the first thing that I did ever as a VA was a social media. I want nothing to do with that. Like I will never <laughs> take a client for social media. I would, that's just not what I do. And so it was a learning experience for sure. Um, but like if that, if I was still working with that client right now, I would be like, if she ever asked me that, I'd be like, no, I hate this. Like I dread doing this all the time. Well, that's not the type of person that I would want doing that job in my business. So I want to find somebody that enjoys doing what they're doing. Um, and that they, so that they have that fulfillment, but also looking at where, what, how would you like to grow? How can we build within my business potentially? How can we build what you're doing that continues to, to help you feel like you're being fulfilled and the business as a whole is getting their needs met. Yeah. And I think being really honest as the business owner too, being able to say, Um, you know, I don't see that for you in my business. If they do have some more lofty aspirations or, you know, instead of kind of people pleasing and being like, yeah, that sounds great. Okay. Cause then when you do get to that point, that's going to be an even tougher conversation to have. And I think that's when you end up with that person who learned all these new things and then they're just going to leave and go do something else with it because you weren't able to cultivate this space for them in your business throughout the growth experience. Yeah. And I think that it's also key as the business owner to remember, especially we, we build close relationships with the people we're working with, but it's still key for us to know that we are the business owner and we need to make the decisions that are best for our business. Um, sometimes it does include cutting ties with people at, at various points. Sometimes it also includes seeing that that the growth of where they're wanting to go just doesn't match where we're wanting to go. Like you're saying there a little bit and not trying to necessarily just always fit them in somewhere, but actually seeing what makes the most sense in my business. And is it keeping them? Is it not keeping them? Is it keeping a portion of what they do, but not all of it. And, but just, you know, having that, that transparent discussion with the team member, but also having that sense of, I still need to do what's what I need to for my business and, and have those open conversations with people. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely true on the other side as well. For those of you that are VAs or, you know, working in those implementation roles, be open in your conversation about that and, and be for real so that, you know, that business owner has the opportunity to say, you know, I don't think this fits or that you have the opportunity to say to the business owner, I don't think this fits in the bigger vision of things. And, not making that a super personal, emotional decision. I know it can be emotional to go through that experience, 
but understanding that at the end of the day is about business and it is about having a shared vision, having a shared direction and that everyone will be a lot happier and a lot stronger and have a much more fulfilling experience if we're on the same page and headed down the same road. Another thing that I would mention in general terms with, um, with people in, in all different areas is don't necessarily focus on exactly what your title is. I I've said, you know, a general VA, or I've said like operations coordinator or various things, social media manager, like that sort of thing. Don't necessarily focus on what the title is of, of what it is that you're doing. Focus a little bit more on is this is the, what I'm doing, what I like doing or not, and not necessarily so much of the title. I think, especially as business owners, you get stuck on like, well, what do I call this position? In all reality, it doesn't really matter what I call it as long as they're getting done what I need to have done. So, so that's just in a general thing that I, I think people get hung up on titles more than, than they need to be. It boils down to that open communication and making sure that everyone is aware of what's going on and what's expected on both sides of the fence and that everyone's you know happy with the agreement that's in place. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's funny that communication is what it always comes down to in the end. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep, it's all relationships, isn't it? It's like your business's relationship with the market, but also yours as the business owner with everyone on your team and yeah. you know, the relationships between team members even as they're oh, working definitely. towards shared goals and shared outcomes. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> we all have to kind of master that piece as we go, which can sometimes be easier said than done, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. (laughs) This has been so great. You've given us a lot to think about when it comes to when should we hire? Who should we hire? How does that really look? Um, Do you have a favorite business hack or another bit of advice that you'd like to share with the business gal pals? So this is definitely in that whole operations space. But one of the things that I really like and mention to a lot of people is once you've kind of figured out what your processes are, one of the big things that you can do is utilize Zapier, the third-party integration platform. But it's a tool that basically looks at how do I automate aspects of this, not to completely remove the human touch from it, but like, how do I just streamline this process and simplify it even more that I can utilize, like I said, Zapier to, to basically take tools and make them communicate so that it's not me having to add another thing on my checklist that needs to be done. It's something that it just automatically, because, because a contract was signed that there now is a Slack channel created and there now is a ClickUp folder created for a new client. And just some of the things just automatically start to happen that, that can save a lot of time and energy. And it doesn't have to take up the brain space anymore for me because it just automatically happens. But I definitely recommend figuring out the workflow first. And then look at, okay, are there ways that I can automate any of this? That has been a huge thing to be able to both implement in my clients' businesses and also do in my business too. Yeah, that might even be the smart first hire to say, I need to bring someone in here for you know a quick 90-minute VIP look at my business so I can show them my workflow and have them tell me with their expertise, what's yeah. the best way to automate this process? Because there, that's a lot for a business owner to learn. To understand how those different programs can communicate with each other and how to best create those pieces in that workflow. We might know our workflow, but then to learn all the programs can be really overwhelming and time consuming. And sometimes it can be really worth it to just leverage a little bit of your funding and hire someone who loves that stuff. I know people who love that stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so where can business gal pals find you if they want to find out more about Hilltop operations or what you have to offer, where can they get in touch? So I um, would say my 
probably my Facebook page is the easiest way. And then I also have, but my website has a spot where if people just even want to connect and just book a free strategy session, they're always welcome to do that too. Thank you. And we'll put all that in the show notes, gals. And I know that you've also offered um, a new team members freebie for the listeners to go ahead and take advantage of. So we'll put the link to that as well. Yeah, I have a checklist um, that has been created basically to make sure that when you are ready to bring somebody on that you, it'll be less that you need to think about and less that you need to stress about when it comes to bringing that team member on for getting all the behind the scenes stuff taken care of. Perfect. The less that I need to think about and stress about (laughs) is the whole point of hiring people into business. I love that. That's great. Thank you so much. And thank you for having this conversation with us and sharing so openly. I know that there's a lot of really valuable wisdom in here and I just appreciate your time this week. It was a blast. I really appreciate you having me on. Thanks. 